You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Johnny Podcast. Dude, you should be the freaking playoff announcer. Could you tone it down on the Dallas fucking Ottinger fucking Heiskin and fucking nonstop every single whistle? Holy fuck, this guy doesn't get talked enough enough about. Holy fuck, I'm going to talk about him some more. Holy fuck, Ottinger. Holy fuck. Holy Dallas. Oh, my God. He's going to score the game-winning goal. You just watch. Everybody, I like how he says, like, right before the top line scores the game-winning goal. These guys have been pretty quiet. Lindholm especially scores. But some good juju, I have to say. So, the last time the Flames won a game seven, um... And also the last time the Flames, well, the second last time the Flames passed the first round, Greg Millen was also the color guy. He has not been the color guy since round one of 2004, which he called with Chris Cuthbert. So I knew as soon as Cassie wasn't on this broadcast, it was Greg Millen. I knew it was some good juju. And holy fuck, did we need some good juju? Man. Dude, literally, though, I was getting very aggravated listening to Greg fucking Millen talk about Dallas Stars and fucking Ottinger. Well, then fucking... You, yeah, then you go to the freaking 
uh, intermission. And it's like, oh, well, here's Connor McDavid. Why don't we suck his dick for a while? And oh, uh, well, uh, dude, uh, it's fuck. fucking post game. It's post game. Johnny Gaudreau wins game seven overtime. That's fucking Kawhi Leonard shit. And we're going to listen up. To, we get, we're already yeah. going on about McDavid. Okay, here's some McDavid highlights. Here's what the <laughs> Flames have to play next round. Kill them. I can't, dude, I'm gonna, I'm, I might have to watch the fucking series on mute. Dude, As, you know what? I might. Just who's, do does anybody know who's calling every game? <laughs> Otherwise, I might just destroy my brain. Like honestly, it's already like we were texting the other night, and you were like, "I'm." It's scary how close I am to like murdering an Oilers fan. And it's true. Like if I if push came oh to shove, God, I would definitely be like. I would definitely be able to kill kill an Oilers fan at the right moment right now, dude. Seriously, we're not even playing them. Yeah, and I'm like, I I think I text you like I could literally easily kill an Oilers fan right now. <laughs> It'd be so easy just to kill one. I don't know how the series is gonna go, um, the the Edmonton Oilers series, because fuck, you know what? This is gonna be awesome. I think. I think this is going to be awesome for both fan bases. And maybe it's going to be one of those things where maybe there'll be some mutual respect for once at the end of it all. Or not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I I am, after that series we just watched, because if you've listened to this for a while, you know, I've, I've always said, like, I don't want to play the others. I'm scared shitless. After the series we just witnessed, I am so fucking ready to watch them play the Oilers. Yeah. This, um... This is, oh, my God, dude. This Dallas Star series we just played, holy fuck. This was, this was two weeks of torture. Every fucking waking moment of my life, the past and your life, and everyone who's listening is live the past, what, not 10 days, 11 days, has been freaking torture. Well, it's like game one was okay afterwards, right? You're kind of like, okay, right? Game one, we're excited here. We were up one nothing, feeling pretty good. After game two, fucking I was there. That was uh, the worst game to be at in the entire fucking series. And, of course, I was sitting there row three watching it. Then they lose, go down 2-1, and you're just, this is, then all the emotions start. And then game four, they have a pretty decisive win. Or is it game five? That, uh, game four, they have a pretty game decisive win. Game four, they have played the best game of the series until last so, night. So there's a little bit of pressure relief. But it's a fucking nail biter, dude. Seven games deep, all the way into overtime. By the end of it, I I was texting you last night. Fucking game seven. By the second period of game seven, I couldn't feel anything anymore, dude. It was like my nervous system was so shot, I was incapable of feeling any emotion. I was just sitting there watching the game like a fucking vegetable, waiting for the result. Well, that's really like, that's the only place you can be because it's like when you get injured really bad and you go into shock, that's what I was in. It's the only way I could deal with it was just like pure shock response. Like, I don't know how we ever, well, I guess I was just like a kid or whatever. And like the gravity, like how did we ever sit through like freaking Stanley cup playoff? Like, can you believe the flames were freaking in overtime in game six for the Stanley cup in 2004? But fuck dude like that was I, I was in the building for that dude yeah that's i like, remember i remember saying to my bro i'm like dude you you anybody could offer me a one way or fucking round trip to anywhere in the world right fucking now and i would decline it to be this fucking game it's beautiful fuck. whoa 
Ticketmaster just freaking, if you just heard that, sorry. Um, I'm in line for tickets and I just got some notification that I'm like 1,500th in line. So just dinged really loud. Anyway, okay. So like, this, that isn't, that isn't even like a roller coaster of emotions. That's like, dude, I don't even know. Like I, I blacked out. I'm pretty sure there was like four points during that series. I'm like, do I actually like hockey? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I like this? This is fucking torture. It's like, uh, instead of fucking going to a playoff game, why don't you just go pay to get tortured? Exactly. My thought hey, you last have, night. You have these this little escape rooms. Oh, I think I'll just go get tortured for three hours and I'll pay fucking $300 to go get tortured. Like that's what the series was like. That was lit. Like how many out? Like, I think, dude, I don't even know how to explain how I felt. Like it wasn't even relief. It was just like, it felt like it, the end of a marathon. And it's it like, was a release. It was definitely a release. It was, I don't know, but yeah, it was too much torture to feel relief. Yeah. Right? You were just like, it was like running the end of a marathon. It's like Kramer at the end of the AIDS walk. And he's just fucking just like wiped <laughs> and just like got across the line. <laughs> and like, that's it. Like, it was just like pure relief. Holy shit. When that puck went in. Like this series, I mean, we, okay. When we did our, did our little series preview, getting ready, amping up for this, there was a few things. I mean, we were pretty, pretty accurate in terms of, you know, what we, what we thought would, how it unfold other than going the distance, but uh, Ottinger was a wild card factor, especially in the last, you know, three games. That uh, the performance he put on last night was pretty special. But I'm still sitting there. I'm like, okay, if you just go high on the guy, because look at all these opportunities we're getting in front. Stone gets the opportunity in game six. Then Johnny gets the opportunity in game six. Then somebody else gets the opportunity. And it's just like, yeah, he's making these saves because he's covering the bottom of the net. We're not fucking elevating it in, in front and tight. If we do that, we'll score. Chucky does that. Like literally, I think Chucky hits the top of the mesh. Yeah. At the top of the net. That's where you have to go. Even Johnny, it's like bar down. Bar down or post in. That's how you got to beat this guy. Um, he was pretty fucking good in game seven, eh? I almost had a meltdown last night because like the flurry right before Johnny scores. I think there's I think he stopped the play, but there's a flurry where like I think yeah, the fourth fourth line was on the ice. Lucic was oh. out there. Hannafin's got a wide open net. I'm literally almost breaking down in freaking tears. Like I was just sitting on the floor, like screaming at my poor mom who was um, watching the game with me. And I'm just like, they can't, they're not going to score. They can't do it. Like he makes that save on Hannafin wide open net. And I mean, it's Hannafin. So like, what do you expect? Okay. But it, like, I but couldn't believe the replay. I couldn't fucking believe that. It hits his, if that didn't hit his stick, which is sitting there for some reason. That probably goes right to Hannafin, but he probably doesn't bury anyway. So. Yeah, because here's the here's the thing: is like, hey, he was playing good, but like he was playing. There is so much luck involved that it's like when you're getting that lucky in a hockey game, it's just like some serious bad voodoo. Like I was just like thinking, they're just gonna come down and get one shot and win this shit, and it's gonna be the luckiest fucking yep. seven games win all time. I almost broke down mentally. Johnny scores on the next shift to literally save my life. And this is honest, man. From my perspective, this is just what the fucking doctor ordered for these for this Flames team. They I, yeah. they needed they needed this, man. 
they needed to get pushed to the brink after the series. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is is saying they they made us fight for every inch, which they did. Nothing was given to the Flames in this series. They had to fight and battle their way through seven fucking games all the way into overtime. And then they had to battle some more and fight some more. Before the series, we talked about this threshold thing where Daryl's been saying it all year. How many of these guys have won a series? How much, how many of these of this core group that you know we've been watching for the last three, five, seven years? How many series like they have very little experience? They barely any of them have even like won more than two games. And it's funny because you and I and a lot of people will poo-poo the whole experience thing quite a bit, especially in the regular season. But when you're coming down to game seven, now you're in overtime. It was pretty apparent, dude, that like you just like you're looking at all these gamers, like Pavelski almost iced it. Markstrom was solid. But th- what they just accomplished is something that they've needed to do in order to get to another level as a team and as individuals like this, this Dallas series has really primed them and it's not, it's like, fuck, it was an uphill battle, dude. And that's Dallas. The best way I can sum up that series from my perspective is the Dallas stars just made you better. You were already good. They just made you better. You just leveled up big time. Exactly. And it wasn't handed out. You had to fucking battle to do it. So that's where the whole release the relief comes in. It's just like, fuck, they did it. Johnny did it. It's like you're sitting there game seven. Chucky doesn't have a goal yet in the series. You're like, hey, who is going to show up? Even in game five, dude, we're the, for me, the, the Clint, the man, the moment of the series for me is the comeback in game five. Yeah. Cause that's the pivotal game. The statistics show if you win two in a row, you're most likely going to win the series. And then they still got pushed to the brink, but they did it then in game five, Dallas pushed back. Dallas had a great game in game six. That was their best game of the series. And then fucking in game seven, you get tested to the limit. And then to fully, to fully finally gets one, Mr. Game seven, apparently. What a goal by Toffoli. You're sitting there, you're like, who is going to do this? Then it's Matthew Kachuk, ties it up. Absolutely beauty goal. And then it's fucking Johnny Gaudreau in overtime. Toffoli, Kachuk, Gaudreau, game seven heroes, game seven overtime hero. And, like, dude, it's just, it's it's more than a level. because Fuck, dude. It's just like, I look at what the Oilers did. I mean, that was great. Good on them for being able to beat the Kings in, in a game seven. But this was just like some freaking serious five, six years of mental block of inability to get the job done for the Flames. Dude, how many demons? All on the line. All on the line in overtime. Overtime. Like, this is kind of on the level of Vancouver in like 2011, finally beating Chicago. A little bit of a different story because that's just a team that has your number but that's what it was like when Burroughs scores that goal that's what it was like when Johnny scored that goal it was just like demon fucking exercised we are so much stronger now oh my god I'm gonna freaking start tearing up right now just 
just talking about it. But I think that's the best way to put it. Dallas just made you better. And I mean, I think, I think Daryl wouldn't have had this series any other way. Um, yep. Because he, all he's been talking about this whole series is like, it's fucking hard. It's hard to win one game. It's really hard to win two games. It's f- incredibly hard to win three games. It's fucking monumentally hard to win a series. Now you know how hard it is. Now you know what it takes to win a series. You got to do it three more times. Dude. Playoffs, man. I mean, the other the other big takeaway from, from Chucky's post-series post comments, you know, the one thing he says is they made them earn every inch, and fucking rights they did. That's why it was torture to watch. Like, every goal we – every game we win is so fucking tight. Every game we lost was so fucking tight. Every moment of that series, you're on the edge of your seat. The goals for end up being 15 to 14 Calgary. Unbelievable. I mean, if you underneath all that, if you look at the underlyings, Calgary is by far the better team throughout the majority of the series. But Dallas plays the trap. They they play that big boy style of hockey. You know, before the series started. We that was our concern with Dallas, right? You still felt confident because you know you're the better team, but you still have those those worries because traditionally this Calgary Flames core in this group has never been able to fucking play that style of hockey when when games, let alone series. Like that's why we struggled with Dallas over the last five years or five seasons. But things have changed under Sutter, obviously. And oh man, another thing that we've that we've always pushed back against on this podcast is, is the whole size thing. But my God, was it apparent that you need see here's the thing, right? We've talked about this lots of times. You need a, a team that's built to get you to the playoffs and a team that's built to get you through the playoffs. Do you think you win that ser- that series without Zadorov and Branson? No. There's I mean, no fucking. Zadorov made a monumental fuck up in overtime that almost made me shit my pants. But dude, he those two guys, those you know what? We'll talk about Stone in a minute. But the 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 middle and bottom pairing were the four best defensemen in this series by a freaking mile. Middle is is that Tanev Shillington slash Tanev or Stone Shillington? Oh man. And then Chucky also says that there's a bunch of guys in that room who collectively have won a lot of series. Is it series is? Series is? I think it's just, what are you, Schme- won mul- you sound like Schmeagel now. Have won mul- multiple series in their career. You look at the Foley's, he's gone the distance plenty of times. Lucic is Lewis. And Chucky said, those guys said that that's one of the toughest hardest series they've ever had to fucking win and play. And I believe it. Oh, I totally believe it. That's why it was so fucking hard to sit through and watch. Cause I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, this is playoff hockey. Why do I like this? I don't fucking like this. I hate this. I want to quit hockey. If we lose this, I'm done. Yeah. And that's what, that's what was so maddening, especially about last night. It was like, okay, they showed up. They did what we wanted them to do. And now they're still not going to fucking win. Cause this nonsense. That's what it was just like. I, why? Why do I watch this? 
I might have to give this up because even when they show up, play great, dominate, do everything they're supposed to do, you're still like almost eliminated. And then, of course, the lesson is the exact opposite now that they won is freaking play the way you're supposed to. And in the end, you'll win. I mean, you brought this up. So many demons have were just slain in that one series. Now, we can't get too high because it's one series. Now you're on the next one, which is just like, dude, didn't that not just feel like a fucking Stanley Cup final? Like, <laughs> fuck. That was so nerve-wracking. But well, It felt like our Stanley Cup final, that's for sure. Look at the internal internal demons that these guys just, just put to bed for one round. This is temporary, but this team traditionally – has been knocked on for not being able to play physical, not being able to, to play playoff hockey, to push, to do exactly what they just did. And you're right. If they would have, if they would have played the way they did, and in the end they got goalied and that was the fucking storyline, it wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't have, it would have changed anything. Like they still would be categorized as those guys that couldn't get it done. Same with Johnny Gaudreau. If he doesn't fucking score that overtime winner and see the, the fucking Dallas Stars do it, Pavelski does it, Johnny's still that guy that can't get it done. Not a playoff guy. Is Johnny a playoff guy now? Eight points in the first round, two game-winning goals in a series clincher in game seven, I say cool. yes. <laughs> and how many fucking primary assists did he have? They're just fucking... Well, dude, how many freaking blatant, wide-open scoring chances did he have last night? Dude, Johnny was on a whole nother level last night. I don't like. I don't want to hear any fucking Johnny bashing the rest of my life, dude. They, we, we we called it before the series started. He's gonna figure it out. He is that good. He is that guy. He's just never had support before. Never had proper coaching. Never been on a team that could actually collectively do what this team just did. Push through that threshold and beat this fucking Dallas Stars team, who's big. They play tough. They play mean. They give you nothing. They play the trap for fucking seven games straight. And they have a fucking bunch of gamers. And they had fucking the best goaltending performance we've seen some, since J.S. Jaguar. And the fucking Calgary Flames just won. And won the even, second round. Yeah, even on a micro level, like that series as a whole is passing through, through a threat threshold. And I mean, game five was huge, but they're down one nothing 40 seconds into this freaking game, dude. Dude, this whole they tie the game and then they're scored on immediately. It's just like, yeah, how many holy points? Holy shit! How many points across the series were you like, this is the Calgary Flames of old? And this how many Calgary Flames yeah. of old? How many points ball. across the series would they have in the past? They would have at like the first hurdle. They would have. They would have folded. Game four, they would have folded. They wouldn't have won that game. And it game five, they wouldn't have come back. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. What a fucking emotional roller coaster that was. I don't know what series two will bring. You, you know, you on paper, you're like, okay, yeah, it's going to be even more intense, more mo- bigger of a ro- emotional roller coaster. But I don't know how it can get any more intense than that, dude. I think that's the most, like, that's what was, like I said, 15 to 14, the goals. I don't know how Dallas played that freaking tight for fifth, for seven games. That's impressive. I'm dude, that, I can't believe we played that tight for seven games. And like, I don't, here's the thing. Like I, I won't, I got to ask you, I mean, the underlines will tell you a different story, but was Dallas not a good team? Is Dallas not built? Like they are built for the playoffs. If they had more yeah. 
if Hintz was as healthy, if they had like, I don't know. That trap, if Sagan that trap, and Ben were like Sagan yeah. and Ben, they would be a really good team. They'd be dangerous. Yep. Because that's really all they're missing is just some firepower. Like, I mean, but, the flame, the flames freaking own them five on five, but that's the, what, the, that's what the flames do. But if they had like, if Tyler Sagan is like, not apparently, do they even have a point? I guess Ben scored last night. Um, Say, well, Sagan had the empty net. Yeah. So if, if those two guys are even half of what they used to be, I think they're a hell of a lot better. They're, they're a lot more dangerous. It's interesting the way you look at Dallas is built. Like they're all in on just, we're going to build a team for the playoffs. That's it. It's funny though. This, this series is, was it not pretty much reversed from the last time we played them? Totally. Dallas was just like, let's get a goal and hang on for dear life. Like that was. (laughs) So we did two years ago. And that's why I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, they're going to, they're going to get through this. They're going to break. I honestly was feeling, I thought they were going to do it until, but then fuck that game seven. Like then Jamie Ben scores 40 seconds in. It's just like, fuck. Oh, it took me like 10 minutes to fucking get over that dude. It took me, it took me. So when it was game six on Friday, it took me about 36 hours between the end of game, uh, game six on Friday and game seven on Saturday to be like, I, I, think they can do this i literally was thinking about it every waking moment between friday and sunday i was like just contemplating what's going to happen can they do this running out the scenarios in my mind and i finally come to the conclusion like 10 minutes before the game they can do this i even posted a thing on instagram saying like it just comes down to what daryl's been preaching for the past three weeks is you just one game just yeah. win one game this team has won 50 games this year they they're gonna do this. They can do this. Let's fucking go. Forty seconds in, fuck. Yeah, I mean you're the way I look at this this series as a whole. It's like it's a scale, right? You know those little fucking what is it? The the, <laughs> the symbol, metronome. The symbol of law of the law is just the scale of. Oh yeah. You know, and in the balance, you have these two things teetering back and forth between the Dallas Stars on one side and the Calgary Flames on the other where it's like everything that creates optimism for me is like, okay, we got Daryl Sutter. He had this team ready to go since day fucking minus 45. They actually were prepared, preparing for the season in the off season. Oh yeah. That's kind of weird. Never done that before. <laughs> we had a training schedule. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of new. Uh, we had a, you know, told what to do for, for off season. Never happened before this organization. So you have, the f- and the foundation, right, that you saw this team, basically, they dug a foundation all series long. I mean, all, all season long. That's what this team did. And we've talked about on this podcast as a talking point. It's like, that foundation is for moments like that. In game seven, overtime, you don't have to think. You just fucking play. Like, you think Johnny Gaudreau thought about that? No, just fucking... Fitting, hey, that he would score that fucking shot we've seen a million times from the goal end, essentially. Just fucking, that's that's how he wins the game. Well, yeah, that's a, that was fucking beautiful. But the other thing, too, like, watch that goal and tell me you haven't seen that shift from those three guys 150 times this year. That was epic. 
So you have that whole thing on, on the one side of the scales, which is like, yeah, I, I, that creates belief. And then coming back to the center thing of like, it's not about relief. It's about belief. Do you think the team is relieved they won or they believe that created more belief on the other side of the scale? You got Dallas. Like this is a team that went to the finals. What? Two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. First the bubble year. Yeah. Yeah. They beat us. Then they beat Colorado. They beat, they beat the fucking avalanche, dude. Dude, the uh, avalanche. Like that was insane. Didn't they go to game? Was it game six or seven of the finals? Was it? I think it was game six. Like this, this is not a slouch of a team. This is the same core guys, the way they play and fucking just like you've seen how effective this fucking boring ass trap is at winning fucking series in the, in the playoffs. Like it's tried and tested. If you have the right core group of guys with the size, it is a fucking big team. And then you have the world-class goaltending. And so Markstrom was world-class too, but he's not saving 60 shots a game. So there's these two little the scale is just teetering back and forth, back and forth. And then it's just like game seven, you're rolling into game seven. Everybody's like, where the fuck's Tyler Toffoli? Where the fuck's Matthew Kachuk? Johnny's already had a great series, but those are the three guys that get it done in game seven. And that's what just tips the scale to get you into the second round, to push you through the threshold. The fucking, this series just made this, in my opinion, this team better. Better in almost every single way. I can't believe they won. I just keep thinking, like, holy shit, they fucking won. It keeps coming back into my mind. Like, they actually <laughs> does feel like the Stanley Cup. But well, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Dallas? Am I wrong here? Were they, no, I think you're freaking we, spot on. Should we have beat these guys in four? Should we have beat them in five? I mean, you look at all, you put all the elements together. You look at the underlings. We, we yeah. if you look at we, the underlings, it we should destroyed have been, them. It should have been like five games. But you have all these different factors, right? The scale that I just mentioned, and then all the demons of the past, the flames is part of our scale too. So, well, like I said, like everybody, like you can't discount a team going to the Stanley Cup final. Like a team that does that is a good team, period. Everyone, all luck, luck. Like you don't win freaking three rounds. You don't beat Calgary, Colorado, Vegas. You don't beat Colorado and Vegas in best of seven series. No. If you're lucky, like plain and simple, you know what you're doing. So, I think we totally, I think we totally underestimated Dallas in this series. Like I thought the Flames were going to make pretty swift work of them with some concerns though. Yep. But I didn't think they were going to be able to play that tight for freaking what? How many minutes of hockey did they play? 430 minutes of hockey. Dude, there was like 10 minutes in game five where they opened it up because they were down two nothing. Yeah. Other than that, they were stingy as fuck. It dude. was unbelievable. So, I mean, that's why I bring that up again. You, the team that gets you to the playoffs versus you need both. Dallas, not so much the team that gets you to the playoffs. And, I mean, that's why it's such a crapshoot, right? Every That's why every year, right before the playoffs, everybody makes these predictions. It's just like you don't actually know because – you're you're making all your guesswork based on what you see in the regular season. But we know the postseason is a completely different beast. So I don't know. I thought Dallas played a hell of a series, even though we are the better team. So we should have won. And probably, I mean, 
before the series started, we said Ottinger and Pavelski have to combine to push this game, the series to six and seven. That was the storyline. That's why it did go that distance. But fuck, they didn't give you anything. Like they played well. They played insanely well. Like I, I, like I said, that was torture. I can't believe watching, watching those games is just like, all I could think about is like, we scored like almost 300 goals this year and we can't do, I can't do anything out there. It's just like a freaking mud pit. It was insane. All right. Let's talk about uh, game five a little bit. Well, it's all a freaking blur, dude. Because game fives are like, if the series is tied, you go to game five. Fucking pivotal. You're on home ice. You're down one nothing, And you've already lost the game at home. One you, nothing. You've lost one nothing. Yeah. You're, you're still the better team. You're not getting outplayed. You are outplaying them, but it's the same fucking story. And then Sutter changes the lines up. Puts Coleman back up to, to line two with Mangiapone and Backlund, and that's the fucking spark. That that's a turn that is the turning point in the series outside of Johnny finishing it off. I mean, those are the two, two big turning points. But fuck that uh that third period, there's 13 minutes left in the game, and Mangiapani, like the flames were pressing, man, and that line was looking good. There's a few amazing shifts. And when Mangiapani Mangiapani finds uh Backland in front, and Backland fucking Whew, it's a good thing the pass was real on the tape <laughs> and he didn't try and shoot it in the net because you know what would happen if he's shooting into an open net. But, <laughs> dude, that was so monumentally huge. And then they looked unbelievable, that line, after Backlund makes an unbelievable pass to Manji Pani with, like, four minutes later. There's nine minutes left in the game. Manji Pani pulls that off. Fucking bar down. I still... I've seen the replay a hundred times. I still don't even know how he beat him. That, like that dude, that bar shot, like that's permanently sketched in my fucking brain. I know I, I cheered loud after the Johnny goal last night, but like that Manju Sonny goal. I don't know if I've heard the saddle dome that loud in like 30 years. That was f- unbelievably epic. And holy shit, did they need those guys to do something? Yeah, big time. Like huge. Like that was enormous. <clears throat> For whatever reason, I don't even, I guess it's because Coleman and Mangiapane are really good players, but Backlund, Backlund elevates when he's playing with guys who are better than him. Backlund, uh, he's, he's been pretty damn good those last three games. Dude, he was fucking... Based on what I watched last night, he was fucking great last night. He so has that I, huge hit in the first, what, five minutes? Freaking creamed that guy. <clears throat> yeah, that some was, re- yeah, that was awesome. That was a great He made some really game. good plays. I, I know we ragged on him a bit for the face-offs in game... What game was that? Three? Game three? He was fucking great. He was he was great in, in game five and game seven. He might be... A lot of this next series might yeah. be held held in the balance in terms of what the Backland fucking McDavid matchup happens because you know that's going to be the matchup. Well, if the Flames can win, that's because that's what this series is going to come down to. Because it, it's fucking crazy, dude. Like 
four of the top eight scores in the league we're going to see in the battle of Alberta. Like that's like, this is like some, this is 80 shit with how good these top players are. It's insane. And of course the Oilers always have to have for the best freaking player in the world. But what it's probably going to come down to is again, the flames getting depth scoring, because let's say you say yeah. Chuck Goudreau, the top lines are a wash in terms of what they're going to do. You expect Connor to uh, tack on a few more than the flames top line. So it's going to come down to Backlund, Coleman, Manji, Toe, Foley, Dubé, I thought Dubé was fucking great last night, dude. I know he couldn't buy a goal. Yeah, I thought he was. he was unbelievable last night. But I think I think also officiating is going to play a big part in this oh next my series. Lord, if it's okay, anything we saw dude. in the first series, <laughs> fuck. Last okay. night was the first time in the whole series that it was like actually fine. That's yeah. how playoff hockey should be called. Yeah, and so I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's going to go either two ways. I think it's going to go the bad way, which is they're yeah. going to revert back to what we saw the rest of the... Which favors the Oilers incredibly, oh, because our power play sucks! Our power play blows, and theirs is fucking deadly. So, I don't know, like, I hope that round two, you know, the message to the officials is, okay, let's, let's fucking let the boys play, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the message to the officials is call everything. Yeah. McDavid, give him more calls in their team just to fucking appease all the little babies all around the world. Well, this is the McDavid effect. Like, you, I can't, I honestly, this is something I can't stand is like people like, you know, see, it's being finally called. It's like, fuck this. The reason people love playoff hockey is because it's full on hockey. It's the way hockey is supposed to be played. It's hard. It's mean. There's crazy shit going on. And we want to see five on five. We don't want to see power plays all the time. You don't see 16 minutes of four on four in a fucking playoff game. Like absurd. So fuck right off with that shit. <clears throat> Coming back to that game five, you're sitting there, you're down one, nothing going into the third. And I tweeted this. I'm like, okay, we need a fucking hero here. Bad. And it can't, you can't have the same hero every fucking game. You got to have, Secondary scoring. That's how playoffs work. You know that's how it works. You've seen it enough times. You have all sorts of different guys chipping in. Manji Apani was the fucking hero for game five. My God, what a huge <laughs> game from him. Fuck, I love that kid so much. Even that and empty netter goal from Lewis was like, dude, where did he even come from? That is the best empty net goal of all time. Easily. But I think a, a really amazing thing so daryl calls fucking i love daryl so much like he calls out his star player before game four says i want a guy who scores big goals instead of a guy who scores 40 goals then johnny Gaudreau scores the game winning goal next game then he benches andrew manjapani in game like manj didn't play for the last like what 10 10 minutes pretty much you staple to the bench comes out scores the game winning goal sets up the game tying goal has the best game of, of his life Guy knows how to push buttons so well. Yeah. And then, I mean, dude, Trevor, I think it was telling Johnny Gaudreau's on the ice. Who was it? Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Lewis on the ice for that, for that yep. last little stretch there. That's like, see, these are where Daryl's just been working at this since he got here last year. Like, how yep. many times have you seen Johnny and usually Chucky and Lindholm out on the final shift in a one in a one goal game? They're out yep. there all the time. They're the first line over the boards. That's why. Holy shit. 
What a freaking empty net goal by Trevor Lewis. Have you seen a motherfucker skate that fast in your life to get to that puck? Dude, I still don't even know how he got there. That's the most hype empty net goal I've ever seen. And fucking Markstrom was awesome that game. He's like unbelievable. I like obviously Ottinger's on another planet, but in terms of big saves at key moments, Markstrom was just as good. In this Markstrom season. lets in one goal that's in game six that I don't like in the entire series. That, that was the first goal in game six. Yeah, what, where Pavelski interferes with pulls up. Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of squeaks <laughs> in five hole. He yeah. goes through him. Um, but other than that, man, like he was fucking world class. He was insane. The Flames out chance, and I put this is what I said. I was because game game five sucked, man. They were not ready to go first two periods. They were sleepy. Yep. And I was like, I need to see the most dominant third period I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And holy fuck, did they deliver on that one? I think <laughs> from a fan's perspective. Game five. What 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 gave you more of a high? The comeback in game? No, obviously the series clinching. You know, yeah. that's just like on their planet. But those are pretty too close. Fucking feel good wins, man. The, yeah, the feel good was more in game five. I think just the like feel relief was more in game seven. Yeah, because like you win the game in game five, going into Dallas with the chance to eliminate them. Like you don't feel much better than that. Yeah, you see, you you hear this all the time. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's the hardest game to win is the elimination, eliminating the other team game. Every that time was, I hear that, I'm like, yeah, bullshit. And then it's like, holy shit, is that ever true? It's funny how all these all these fucking bullshit things that we've been <laughs> are now be now under Daryl Sutter, yeah, under a real, properly coached team, properly managed team. Now they actually are accurate. But, you know, if, if it's under Ward, it's just like, no, we got way bigger issues than fucking size and fucking fucking playing with emotion and shit. Like we blew a three nothing lead <laughs> in game six against Dallas um, and lost, what, seven, three or whatever that year. So, yeah, way bigger issues than size and grit and goal scoring. But even even the games we lose, um, we're in them all like it's not we like Dallas played good. They did, but even like they come back. Fuck man, and then let's talk about Stone because Stone comes in and it's funny. Like the the whole Tana thing, I have no idea. Have you heard anything with regards? To I haven't heard a injury? thing. All we know is that he wasn't available for Game Seven, which I'm like, okay, if Tanev yeah, is is finishing the last ten games of a regular season <laughs> where, you're, where you're yeah, where you're fucking, you're done, you're cooked. You're you're not making the playoffs, and he's still playing regular season with a broken rib. If he's not playing in Game Seven, like how injured is this fucking guy? And the the two games before that, like Game Six, that's the worst I've seen down of in a Flames uniform. So now it makes sense the motherfucker's injured. But well, I'm curious if there was even something before that that was nagging him because, like you said. I think probably he wasn't good in game six, but he's been off all series. Like Ed yeah. off in the way that you'd never expect Chris Tanev to be off, like fumbling pucks, missing yeah. passes, like missed, yeah. like he's been not Chris Tanev at all. Yeah. So I don't know what that injury is. It scares me though, because is he not your best penalty killer? Maybe him and Gabranson. Oh, but he's your best defenseman. Like the, the, the tipping point in the next series is going to be that Edmonton power play. You got to stay the fuck out of the box. And then you have to fucking try and defend that shit. 
So without Chris Tanner, man, that's going to be pretty dicey. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> without your but, best defensive defenseman. Yeah. But you've seen Stone come in, and you put this on Instagram last night. We've poked a lot of fun at Stone. And, oh. <laughs> and still, you know, positionally speaking, three on three down low, that's probably his biggest weakness, just the foot speed and everything. Mm. But under this system, man, this guy has – Dude, he was a fucking game. He, he was, was a he was a beast. He was I straight up. He's the best defenseman. I, and obviously, he's playing limited and sheltered minutes. His performance in this series was probably the most impressive of all the defensemen. He was a fucking rock back there. And I don't know if you win the series without him. You absolutely do not win the series without this guy. You don't. Why is he on PP one though? That's my question. Yeah, seriously. My, Michael Stone has a he scores a goal in this series. He has two assists, three total points, seventeen shots, two high danger scoring chances. Oh, he's eight. just a bone crusher too. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He had seven hits last night. And these aren't like fucking oh, Brett Ritchie, I'm gonna rub you out hits. These are fucking bone crushing hits, dude. He had like, this seven guy hits, hits last night. This guy hits to hurt, and so. <laughs> Dude, that Zadarov hit in this game, game six. Holy f- fuck, has he been effective? How much dude, have you loved watching this guy? Dude, like, he's been like... He's hurting people. <laughs> That's probably how Hints got hurt. Or I don't know, but... Hey, folks, just got to fit in a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So the playoffs are going on, and DraftKings has an unreal offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports, as long as you discount game two of the Dallas Calgary series. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. DraftKings is really easy to use. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Like, it's funny. You're, you're seeing this. I mean, this is always a story in playoff series, too, is the attrition part. And yeah. over time, like this Carter Flames team, dude, we are not easy to play against when it, when it comes to battle of attrition. Like, we got some big boys playing hockey back there. Like, Zadorov was a fucking monster in this series. Dude, who was? Zadorov was a monster. Gabrantz was a monster. Lucic was a monster. Stone was a monster. Uh, Lewis was a monster. Dubé was a, like, in terms Dubé of threw some Dubé was hits. a monster. Coleman was thrown, up. Like, Coleman oh. was pegging guys left, right, and center. Like, these guys are, a f- like, Chucky. they're going to, yeah. Like, holy shit, are they going to punish the piss out of the Oilers? They may not win, but they're going to punish them. One thing heading into the Oilers series that you got to take that you learned from this series, especially if you're Matthew Kachuk, yeah, do not do not get caught up in the fucking shenanigans. I don't know. It seems like Kachuk is not injured, but before Game Seven, I think the consensus was he must be injured because he sucks now. And then you're looking back at the. You do not need to fucking look. The one fight's fine, right? But you don't need it back to back games. You're gonna fight. You see yeah. his knuckles are still all fucked up from that. Game game one is fine. Fine, that's fine. 
game two when you do it and you're like going offside um, and like nullifying a scoring chance and what could have been a goal. Okay. Like stop game three. You're doing it again. Like, dude, come on. Well, and that's, that is one thing that we've really seen a shift this regular season. Chucky was not really much of a shenanigan player. He, you know, he's doing the face washes and everything, but he was more focused on scoring goals, being an elite top line player. And so it seemed like at near the end of the season, the Predators game, he was just kind of starting to, you know, start focusing on that a little too much. And this was, this was kind of a big discussion point for Matthew Chuck last season, right? After the whole Muzzin incident, a lot of the fan base is like, would you just stop? But then, you know, we're kind of pushing back. We're like, no, this is what makes him who he is. He found a happy medium this this season. Motherfucker scored the quietest 100.40 goal season maybe ever. And probably should be should be in the Selkie trophy talk, given how unbelievable he was at both ends of the rink this year. So that we need that player in this next round more than the fucking shenanigan shit starter. Like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about Zach Cassie and getting caught with his head down. I just want to beat the fucking Oilers. Correct. So, and I mean, he's, he's too, it's like his role has changed a little bit too. He's now, <clears throat> it's not Monaghan, Gaudreau, Lindholm anymore. Um, you need him on the ice as much as possible. Yeah. Same thing goes with for fucking Rasmus Anderson. As soon as he starts getting caught up in that bullshit, he, his game fucking starts yeah. to tank a bit. They get too distracted. So I, I hope that that's something that the leadership group within the team as well as coaching staff helped fucking bring back on track in this last series and something that these guys are going to learn from going into what's going to be very, it's going to be very fucking tempting to start mixing it up with these pieces, you know, of you know that that coke-headed, bonehead Cassian. You know what he's going to be doing the first shift. He's going to be out there fucking head hunting, looking to kill somebody. You know that when you see McDavid's ugly fucking toilet face coming down the ice and smiling when he scores some fucking ridiculous goal, you're going to want to punch all these guys' lights out. You know that fucking when Leon Dreisaitl fucking dives in the middle of the fucking center ice, gets a call, and then scores a fucking goal in the fucking ensuing power play, and then slashes you afterwards and fucking... And doesn't get a penalty for it. Does his little pouty face back to the bench. You know you're going to want to fucking rip his stupid face off. But if the uh, this this guy learned this lesson that Dallas Sturridge just gave to you, Matthew Kachuk is a more effective player when he's focused on being a top line guy, Rasmus Anderson more effective when he's not getting fucking caught into a beaking match. You can beat these fucking losers once you beat them, but don't start the series like that, please. Yeah, you gotta be focused up in the first few games, like all time focused up. No fucking around. It's going to be um, tempting, but I think the leadership group and the coaching staff probably helped bring that back on track last series. So. Yeah, totally. I was just looking at some hit stats in this series. Chris Tanev got the dude got demolished in this series. He yeah. took he took the most hits of anybody in the series. He took 26 hits. Dude, there was when I was sitting row three in my corner, fucking there was a 
there was a shift where he came with the puck and Ben came in and he popped him, dude. Like he caught him and ten of us stunned a little bit. And about two seconds later, he got high sticked right in the face by a Dallas Stars player, but it was kind of behind the play. And Tanev didn't even fucking like most guys when they fucking get high stick, they have their fucking head go back and they're grabbing their face. This is not who Chris Tanev is. He gets high stick and they fucking doesn't do anything. So, but man, he took a beating, dude. Even in that game I was there, he was taking a fucking beating. And I mean, the guy blocked 14 shots and took 26 hits. He took a physical freaking beating. So, yeah, and like you said, if he, if he's not playing, something's wrong. Like, holy shit. So, hopefully a speedy recovery because as much as Michael Stone was an absolute beast out there, I'm already having night sweats about Connor hopping over the boards. Well, the I mean, foot, the foot speed, the foot speed on the stars is going to be quite a bit different than the fucking Oilers. Oh. I'm emotionally right. exhausted. Thoughts on the Zadarov hit? I don't know. I, I thought I was it was fine. Surprised. I think the Daryl Sutter summed it up perfectly. Can't remember the exact quote. He said it's a hockey play. This is a hockey play, and he says quite shocking actually that it there was a a hearing because of it when there's been slew foots in this series. Yeah, see exactly. Like that's what's bullshit, right? Freaking Ben, how many slew foots did Jamie Ben have in this series? And then like a, a hockey hit, they're gonna freaking investigate. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck off. But that dude, that's that is a clean fucking hit. He makes direct body contact with basically the ribs up to the top of the head, all at one. One simultaneous time, so yeah, he. I th- it was similar to the Kasha hit against Toronto earlier this year. Just friggin' crushed him, like pretty, pretty, pretty standard hockey hit. Um, yeah. and knocked a pretty him knocked him out of Game Seven. Pretty punishing hit. That's what you love to see. I don't know where Hints got injured, but he's knocked out for Game Seven too. Like uh, this is something. Even in two thousand four, we're like we're scrappy. We had some bangers. But not really so much on the back end. You didn't and have anything like this. You had Simon and Olawa up front. Yeah, you like Regeer, like he's gonna be, I don't think Regeer is even as physical and like obviously not as big as Sidorov. He's a fucking monster. Yeah, he's a monster. Honestly, like I know everyone's like, oh, he's gonna be a casualty of of like this the signing next year. And I get he plays bottom pairing minutes, and you're probably gonna have to let him go, but I would love to see him back. Like he, he that's the thing about him is like he's bone crushingly physical and big, but he can skate. He can move the puck and he's oh, yeah, really good at defense. He's not like one of these guys who's like kind of maybe like Gabranson was early in his career before he got to Calgary and suddenly good where it's like, okay, yeah, he's just big and that's it. It's like, he's good. He can do a lot of things for your team on the back end too. Yeah. So, I don't so, know. I mean, that's, you're looking at game six, heading into game seven, and then you're starting to see, our big boys started to wear down the Dallas Stars, which is that's a feat because Dallas Stars is a fucking big, tough hockey team. So that's their bread and butter. But that well, comes back dude, to this team to get you to the playoffs, team to get you through. Like you yeah. need this to get you through the playoffs. Totally. And I mean, I like it's I fucking said, war. It's it's a freaking war of a. It's it's a mental war. It's the most. Dude, the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all sports, and it's not even freaking close. More, more teams go through more in one round of playoff hockey than I think any athlete goes through in like any other 
entirety of the postseason. Like, if you're a guy, you know that trimming your balls is a lot like playing Game 7 overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's very risky. You can't make any mistakes. And you need precision pinpoint accuracy like Johnny Gaudreau. So Manscaped has made the Lawnmower 4.0. It is a, it's the one tool you need if you're going to buy anything from Manscaped. So right now, you can head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code D-O-M-E. That code is DOME. They have the the lawnmower trimmer, but they got lots of other great stuff. Right now, you can get the Performance Package 4.0, which has the lawnmower. It has a uh, ear and nose trimmer. It has ball deodorant. It has a ball toner. It's got boxers. It's got a travel bay. You get floor mats, so you don't have to make a mess. I mean, you're probably already using like Edmund, the Edmonton Journal. As a floor mat, whenever the Oilers win, or if they lose, uh, to trim your balls right on the Oilers' face. In any case, you can go to Manscaped right now and get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOME. Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping, Manscaped.com, code DOME. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, especially when you have all these past fucking demons you're carrying around with you, and you got to play through those two. The fucking game seven, they they get it done. Johnny has the A to start the game. Woo-hoo. Some good juju. I know Mantana was out, but that was some like <clears throat> that was some emotional shit right there. I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I think I think that's a good that's some good vibes right there. That was um, you're right. It is like that. This is one of those things that I don't know. Would it even have surprised you if you Johnny goes through his whole career? He just seems to be that kind of guy that I don't know, it's just because he's small, right? He he doesn't get really seen as in a leadership role. Just, I just kind of I don't know what exactly what it is, but it's not like has anybody in the media ever pushed for fucking Johnny Gaudreau to wear a fucking A or a fucking C? Never, dude. No, and like it's straight up, he's totally matured under Daryl, like to a pretty noticeable degree oh he's on the ice off the ice it's unbelievable he's our most fucking valuable player so i think i agree that was a classy move by sutter a guy that um i mean the last podcast we talked about johnny getting interviewed by the spit and chicklets guys and i guess it was just bissonette but get interviewed by bissonette in the American broadcast. Was there any exchange on the bench? Johnny says, nope, nothing. But there was there was an exchange after that game. Did you see that? Saw it. I mean, which which embrace is better, Daryl and Johnny or Sean Monahan and Johnny? Fuck, that Sean, the Monahan one was sad, dude. Hey? Dude, it was just like, I like I had forgotten the poor guy even existed and they show him like creeping on the, and the Flames posted it like the behind the scenes angle, but the broadcast one was more, it was funny. I know everyone was like crying and shit, but I was just like, holy fuck, there's Monahan. He's well, just like creeping around in his freaking shorts. It's been so funny the last, it's really is in the last three games, eh? Oh, there's a Monahan sighting. Oh, there's another Monahan sighting. Oh, there's another. <laughs> he's, like on the plane. He's, uh, he's like walking into the fucking dressing room or the rink with these guys coming off the plane. Oh, there's oh Monahan. God. He's just literally around because, like, the team, like, the guys like him. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I got to pick the Daryl and, yeah. and John. Like, exchange. you know what? Like, I was thinking of, like, I don't know if Daryl said this after he won with the Kings or around when he was hired. I can't remember. But I remember, I remember him saying some quote about, like, 
how satisfying it is to win when you've like worked your ass off for it. And like, yep. you know, you've done it the right way and you know, you've done all the work beforehand and then you get rewarded. And it's just like the most fucking rewarding thing ever. And that's what that series was. That's what that series was. That's what that goal was. After, that's the feeling you felt after that. And the players felt obviously, because like Jerry Seinfeld played says we didn't win. They won. You watched, but yeah. um, it was, you could tell it's what the guys were feeling. Like, just like, that's the reward of, of working your ass off and it's fucking worth it. Totally. And that's kind of, you know, the tipping of the balance. That's what was, that's what made the difference in the series. But that exchange between Daryl and Johnny, that's, that's kind of like, that's the current snapshot of Johnny Gaudreau and his trajectory of his career and where he's going. Whereas the exchange with Monty is just kind of like where he came from. I don't know what the future holds for Sean Monahan. I if you're if you're if you're up against the cap the way that um, Boston Peter Jr. is, we haven't had to mention his name for a while. Hey, forgot his name. Forgot he even exists. <laughs> Boy, does he owe Daryl Sutter some freaking stocks in Boston Pizza? Seriously, but I don't see how if you're Brad, you can you can go into next season with Monahan still on your roster, unless he's going to be on the LITR, but I don't know, man. I don't know if Sean Monahan is going to be a Calgary flame come next season, but we'll see what happens. Somebody said he should be like Har- He'll just be on contract to be like Harvey. Yeah. Under the Harvey mask is Sean. Dude, that is epic. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> hey. Hey. Har- Harvey would be the most boring he's ever been. Starts tonight. It starts <laughs> to. <laughs> Fucking fuck. Gang Goudreau, uh You know, it's pretty funny. Did you hear uh, Johnny's <laughs> interview after? Yeah, about his family being on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, because because I saw this after that interview, but. Jane said something about a real emotional night for, for her when she found out Johnny was wearing the A. And it is like, you're right, man. That's some seriously fucking, that is good juju. Um, that was the right call. Like, and th- these are the little things, right? That Sarah, uh, Daryl Sutter picks up on. But um, he, he picks up on them in the right way. Like, right? Like, all of us, us fans. When, when like, they mean something. Yeah. Like, we're kind of like, and he, he doesn't overplay it, right? Because they ask him about it. He's like, yeah, Johnny was next up. Like, he's part of this. Like, doesn't make a big deal about it. Neither did Johnny, right? And that's how it should be. It shouldn't be like, it, pro- it means more to us usually. But it's not that it's meaningless. But Well, dude, that is a big deal, man. Like, if you're looking. But Daryl doesn't play it up like it's like the thing that won them the fucking series. He's just exactly. like, yeah, same, same. Like, it's just. Well, that's because like, he's a fucking beauty, dude. Yeah. But you're you're sitting here as a fan and you're looking at all the you're looking at Johnny Gaudreau's career. You're talking about fucking demons and fucking silencing critics, <clears throat> Eric Francis. <clears throat> and all the shit this guy's gone through in this organization. It's kind of like, you know, when you watch what a show and it's like a 10 series long when you watch fucking I didn't get into Game of Thrones, I know you did, but you watch a, you get in really invested in characters in a show. When the show ends, you fucking, you miss them. It's weird. That's fucking not even real. This is the real thing. Johnny Gaudreau's been here how many seasons? You develop a relationship with these guys. And that's why 
you brought this up on the last one. It's emotional, right? A lot of people are brought to tears by what happened because this motherfucker did it. And to see him get the A last night, I think was, it is a big deal for Johnny Gaudreau. means a lot to him. And the amount of shit that this guy's been through here with our fan base, there's been a lot of ups, there's been a lot of downs. Um, but that was kind of like a very signature uh, way to go into game seven where he ends up being the fucking hero in overtime. Yeah, you can't write that shit any better. Like, geez. So, I mean, and then, you know, they ask Johnny about it. He's, you know, it's funny. He's like, I don't know my family, what they're doing on Twitter half the time. I'm like, fucking. <laughs> but that was cool. Jane uh, mentions that. And then, obviously, your your son scores the fucking... Dude, has there anybody when, when in Flames history has a player face as much personal self-directed fucking just in, like he has been picked on by the media and the fans um since fucking he's been here since, has, his, since his rookie year has one player in Calgary Flames history, gone through that much criticism is my question. Not since fucking I've been following this team. Has there? Well, has there been a star player who's ever? No, not even close. Like maybe the random players who suck, but like over a 10, almost 10 year period. Absolutely. No, like there's been nobody who's faced more kicks in the balls, more um shit from fans and media alike than Johnny Gaudreau as a Calgary Flame. It was like, all this guy has done is put his balls on the lines for this team every night for the past eight years. Yeah. All the Calgary Flames couldn't win a playoff series, so it must be fucking five foot eight Johnny Gaudreau's fault. Yeah. Rests squarely on his shoulders. Got a fucking amateur coach back there, but, you know, making fucking boneheaded decisions. The, the team doesn't even have a fucking training camp. But it's all Johnny Gaudreau's fault. <laughs> so, dude, that is if you're if you're part of the Johnny Gaudreau family, you're that's along, vindication right there. You've been along for the ride, and you've had to you've had to deal with the criticism. That's your fucking name getting dra- dragged through the mud time and time after again. So, she must that dude. If we went through emotional roller coaster, imagine dude. fucking Jane Gaudreau. <laughs> I love how, like, it's Brady's at the fucking red lot. Dude, what is going on? Shooting t-shirts out of a can. What is going on? God, the freaking Gaudreau's on Twitter, like, to live to It's just like, holy shit, I love this team. Well, it's just like, why? Like, you're going to go watch a show where the fucking plot line's already written out? Or are you going to fucking, this this is reality TV. People say, yeah, people, how can you not, like, like sport how what is wrong with you if you don't watch and like sports like give me a freaking break dude okay we gotta talk about break check dude like are you kidding me <laughs> the guy flies into calgary he's amping up the crowd at the red lot fucking rocking the the matthew kachuk flames t-shirt who fucking does this this guy is a captain for another <laughs> nhl team it's unbelievable like, have you, is this, this doesn't happen. Like, again, like imagine freaking Brandon Tanev's there, like freaking getting the crowd going or, or Mark Stone. Like, can you imagine Mark Stone shows up and just like, yeah, go flames. What the fuck? This is hilarious. I still, I'm still don't know what to think about it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I always think like, okay, if that was Kachuk at a Sens game, I'd be kind of 
piss off maybe. Well, now I wouldn't. Obviously, if I think it's different because the senators are kind of relevant. Yeah. Right. If, if, if he played for the Oilers, this would well, not be. Yeah. They're in a different conference. They rarely see each other. They're best buddies. This is hilarious, though, dude. Like, he is literally becoming a fanboy for this fucking fan, for this, for this fan, for this fan base. It's freaking hilarious. I, Brady's hilarious, dude. And Chuck's hilarious. Dude, how do you not love? There's so many guys to love on this team. It's just insane. Did you hear um, the Milan Lucic interview afterwards? Was that Scott Oak or was it Leslie? I think it was Someone's Leslie. Like, I don't think Scott Oak like, was there. Are you ready to face your buddy, uh, your friend, your up north, uh, Connor McDavid? And Lucic kind of laughs at first. He's like, what are you talking about? Is that my friend? Thank God. Because Lucic has been far too kind for his buddies the last few years. Dude, he is going to uh, be piv- – I think he's going to be a real fucking important piece – this dude, he series, was dude. like, I know he he didn't play much last night, but like, holy shit, was he he good last night? He's is Zach Cassian huge, the biggest guy. I guess they got Evander King and they got Darnell Nurse. Dude, get the fuck out of here. We they are they are like bitch shit compared to us. Yeah, they are. Like seriously, like you're telling me, like people have been worried about oh Jostis, but like what are they like? Dude, yeah, if, if Yamamoto Gidrow- is gonna die. Dude, if Gaudreau can find a way to elevate against the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting to look at Gaudreau, how many hits he takes. He only took, he took four hits in that entire series. Oh, from game five on, he was just like a new whole nother level, dude. Like, like he, figured, he, he figured it out. That's what always impresses me about him is that, and people will say like, oh, it's because he avoids contacts. It's like, yeah, he has to. Yeah. Imagine, imagine fucking running around with guys t- literally twice your size. Imagine twice. you're six foot two, Mister. Oh, Johnny Gaudreau is too much of a pussy. Okay, get on skates and then put Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime on skates and have him chase after you and try to kill you and see how that, many hits you want to take. That's like going in a boxing match against Mike Tyson, being like, "Oh, he just tried not to get hit the whole time." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's part of, of the point, of course. Yeah, uh, might help you win. So, dude, okay, let's 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 uh, this game seven um, was a microcosm of the of the macrocosm series. Ben, like you said, scores forty seconds in. You're the roller coaster. Like, how long did that that wait feel like for game seven? It was fucking two weeks. It felt like, like I said, like Friday to Saturday or to Sunday, like. It oh. feels like I've been awake for like the last four days. I don't think like, I need to know it's Monday, but yeah, it is Monday. I wouldn't know. Like, what day is it? Where am I? It's almost June. Ben scores, and immediately you're. It's because of the the PTSD, man. I mean, the it's the demons. The same thing as the Leafs did. Like the Leafs had a chance to put away the Lightning. And they have that round one game seven fucking demon that they couldn't exercise. A little easier to do against the stars and the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. But regardless, these, these guys still had to go through it. But Ben scores 40 seconds in. Like, fuck off. The crowd is amped, jacked, ready to go, ready to fuel this fucking team. And then Ben scores 40 seconds into the game. 
and like I like I said, like I I had finally made up my mind. I was like, they got this. Not ten minutes before the game, and then literally score. Like holy shit! I I the fact they managed to just stick with it and regroup. Like wow, that tells you everything you need to know. Well, not only that, they regroup. The Foley gets his his first the series. What a goal! That's a fucking goal scorer's goal. Zero room, and you battle in front and tip that in. Love it. And then 30 seconds later, the Dallas Stars make it 2-1. You're like, holy fuck. I've seen this all season long with the Flames. They don't let con- they don't let go of control of the game. And then you're like, are we going to get fucking Flames here? So then you're going through the same thing. It's a fucking roller coaster, man. You're up, you're down. And the ups, the ups are high, and the downs are just fucking to the depths of despair that we've experienced the last fucking 20 years of being a Flames fan. So it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard to go through. Then you're like, okay. Then Matthew Kachuk. These are the guys. Toffoli, Kachuk, Gaudreau. Your game seven heroes. What a goal by Matthew Kachuk, dude. Sniped it. Freaking sniped it. And Kachuk, he's so much better. Like, not even just, like, the extracurricular stuff. But I find, and I know everybody kind of gets on me because then he scores the insane between the legs goal. But, like, to me, Matthew Kachuk is the best in the NHL, like, meat and potatoes hockey player. When he's just playing hockey, he's fucking great. When he's trying to just, like, and he's skilled, absolutely. But... He, he always seems to just like, you know, try like a little too much for my liking when yeah. he's doing things like that. And that goal, perfect example, nothing fancy, just fucking bar down. Great shot off the rush. Well, that's the only way you were beating Ottinger. He he's not letting anything in downloaded unless it's posted in. So you either got to go post it in or bar down. Like, that's it. You get two fucking options. That was uh, not only the the monumentous fucking of that goal. It's game seven to tie it up, but the goal he scores like that execution of that to snipe. I don't even think it went bar. I think it went net down, dude. Yeah, it like hit the back part, like the the, the white top part. Yeah, the top part of the net. Like that was that was the biggest goal of his life. Easily. I like how they ask you, Drew, after the game. They're like, oh, yeah, you, you scored a lot of big goals. Where does this rank? And Johnny's like, are you, you, I think he said, are you kidding me? He's like, is that even a fucking question? Yeah, that's right. It's like uh, asking Kawhi Leonard, hey, is that the, is, where's that rank up there with the baskets you scored? Uh, the only fucking uh, serious clinching buzzer beater of all time in the NBA. It's probably that one, you dummy. It's probably number one, fuckhead. That did have Kawhi Leonard fucking. Five, though, right? Yeah, seriously. Game game seven, you can't beat this guy. Did you hear the, the Dallas broadcast afterwards? No. It was during that uh, that flurry that you're talking about where Hannafin yeah. and the Dallas broadcast like, they're never going to score on this guy. Dude. <laughs> they're like losing their mind. Like, oh, I was the same. God. They can't score. They'll never score on them. It's not going to happen. Like they were in disbelief saying it. They were I was like, too. Was this Dallas stream just like a, a live feed of my house? That's what it's. That's exactly what I was saying. I was on the floor, almost weeping, saying they're never going to score. No, there's ways. 
there's ways. Because even in game five, game six, those chances in tight where he's making those fucking big saves, they're still net to shoot at. You're just not hitting them. They're just hitting them. And that's what it felt like. It was like, okay, they have to, like, they have, it has to break. It has to, it has to. But then every time Dallas would come down, it was just like, I'm clenching my ass. Like, they're just going to get a lucky one. And, like yep. again, Hugh Markstrom makes two unbelievable yep. saves in overtime. That one yep. on Pavelski, I oh shit my pants, dude. Dude, the last the last thing I wanted to do was go to overtime with these guys. Yeah, like holy shit. Because it's fucking flip a coin. Because it comes, yeah, it comes down to one shot. Everything's out the window, and you don't know what's going in. Could be a lucky bounce. Could be a fucking stupid mistake. And dude, the first five minutes of overtime, like it Dallas, t- it was tense. Did we even touch? We had zero possession. Yeah. It like was, it was the first five minutes. It was scary. That was so hard to watch. I was dying. And then I, we, we get the power play. That was actually a good power play, generated a lot. And then we took over from there, man. The momentum, we, we, like you said, that there was like three minutes of just like pure, unadulterated, just fucking shot after shot. Traffic, shot attempt, more, more. It was like the Dallas series flipped the other way. Yeah, right? I remember at that. When, just uh, like, it's just a yeah. matter of time before we're going to get scored Like on. It was like, yeah, it was like the, the sequence when they tied. The, remember Pavelski tied it? In, yeah. like, or did they win it? I think they might have even won that game. I don't know. The game where Lindholm couldn't clear the puck or whatever. Yeah, they, And it was just like they kept coming and coming and coming. It was like, holy fuck, they're going to score. And then they scored. That's what it was like. And it's a lot better to be on this side of it this time. So how did you celebrate? I did you go nuts? Dude, like I just fell. I was on the floor and I just fell to my knees and ran around the house. I said, Johnny scored, Johnny scored, Johnny scored, Johnny scored, Johnny scored, Johnny scored, Johnny scored. I know it was it wasn't even like it wasn't your typical just like yeah, get up and fucking yeah. It was just like, oh my fucking god. And the fact it was Johnny made it all the more like I was just fricked, dude. No, you can't like again before the series or on the after the first podcast, two games in, you're like, ooh, yeah, we don't know the storyline yet. But that storyline, dude, holy fuck, is it getting better than that? No, it makes it all worth it, dude. It makes all that torture worth it <laughs> for us. Imagine what it's like for the players. All right, thoughts on uh, – I'm pretty worried about Tadev because it also means we're probably going to see more of Brett Ritchie. Um, I, get, I guess Ritchie was okay. He just doesn't bring you much. I guess maybe we'll see if he amps it up a bit physically against the Oilers, but I still am sitting here wondering if we wouldn't be better with Rizic getting there. Yeah, I think – Come on, like Rizic, he can you know skate and he can at least he can ship score. it offensively, offensively, which you really need. So I mean, if there was a few of those, like Richie actually had a wide open chance last night. I don't think it was in overtime. He was in the third. Yeah, he gets the puck right in the slot and flubs it. Um, if you had a guy who on that line with Lucic and Lewis, because again, like I I don't think Lucic and Lewis they can play with anybody. Um, so I don't know. I I'd prefer to see Rizic or even Carpenter in there. Oh man, this is sorry. Right. Let's look at well, what about Yarn Krug? Where you at this guy? 
Yeah, game six was he over thirteen on the face off? Thought he was fucking brutal. He was brutal in game six. He goes over twelve. He was like the worst player on the ice. He had like a sub forty expected goal share, sub twenty possession share. I thought he was the thing with him though is like weird. It's like because he works his ass off, right? Yeah. Like when he's on the ice, I'm like, yeah, he's he's working. You can tell he's going for it, but it's just like he has failed to make any noticeable impact on this team in any way. He was good last night. I don't know. You need him to get like he had a he had a chance to score last night. He couldn't bury it. You need him to start chipping in offensively. Yeah, totally. Okay, man. Let's look a little bit ahead here. To Edmonton. What? Uh, what? <sighs> what was your your take on the Edmonton series? Um, I, mean, I thought Los LA could have. Yeah, go ahead. Like LA, I thought LA could have beat them if they had if they had any firepower, which they don't. There was um there's points in that series, like it was a game five where you're looking in the second period and the shots are like fucking 25 to seven. The Kings were just fucking dominating. Like they they really took over different parts of the series. Uh Edmonton responds and fucking Glenn McDavid wins it for them. But um if you're trying to size this team up right now without shooting our fucking jinxing ourselves, like what, how do you think we're going to match up here? Well, as much as it's as much like the TANF thing is huge. Like that could be a difference maker in this series. Yeah. It's, so, it sounds like dry is banged up too. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at how the Kings just played the Oilers and they pushed them to seven games and I mean, sure. Now they're battle hardened too. And they, they're going to learn from, they're going to take what, happen in that seven game series um but i mean like the kings play a possession game similar to the flames but they're not nearly as fast and they don't have the firepower or physical or the physicality or the big bodies on the back end i think marsh quick played well but marshall still yeah and like markstrom is better than mike smith (laughs) like holy shit so I mean, if you're looking at this on paper and how these teams play and how these teams both just played in their first round series, like you got to give the edge to the Flames. You got to think the Flames can beat them in a seven game series. Like, I mean, obviously, that's the thing. If they're going to, if it's going to come down to, is the Flames team better than Connor McDavid? That's kind of pretty much it, isn't it? Well, it's always the fucking case when you play these losers, right? Like, you, like, here's the other thing. The, the number one thing, you're like, okay, we got past Ottinger. Who's next? Mike Smith. Yeah. Who we can get past. We can get past. Look, he's he's cleaned his game up a bit. But again, it's Mike Smith. He's always one fucking play or one shot away from just like making Well, dude, money. I mean, if you have that many score, like the Flames had like what, 100 and whatever shot attempts at five on five last night yeah. and 60 shots. They had 51 scoring chances five on five last night. If that's the volume of quality shots you're throwing at Mike Smith, it's only a matter of time. And I mean, the Oilers' defense is the Oilers' defense. Yep. Oh, dude, like, A, the goaltending doesn't compare. B, Dallas played the trap to – they executed that. Perfectly. Like, they have that down so well. And the the size – that they have, like, that is a difficult thing to beat. The seven games get serious, but the fucking Flames found a way. The Oilers is the opposite. 
their defense is not very good. Their goaltending is not as good as Ottinger. This this is gonna this series is gonna look take a different shape. It's gonna be yeah the flame. I feel like the Flames are gonna be able to implement their game a little bit more. Um, I think probably on the flip side, Connor McDavid like again with that defense. I don't know like. It favors the Flames in every category except Connor McDavid is the best player on the fucking earth. Yeah. Which and you, you got to think over seven games, that's pretty difficult to do. Drysaddle sounds like he's banged up. Like he wasn't even well, question, yeah. questionable. Did he miss a game? Yeah, he, he might have missed games. Did he miss game six? I don't think he did. He missed not, chunks of time, I think. He's, not, about, a, he's yeah. not at hundred percent, but the thing about him though, is like, he's, he, he's a power play guy. And like, I, he, like, I posted some stats. He was like the, there, and I guess I get, he's hurt. He was like their worst player in terms of expected goals for, he had been on the ice for like seven of the 11, yeah. five on five goals against that's a matchup. That's a player. The flames can exploit if they're playing their game. So I really do think this just comes to how far can, how much can Connor McDavid, how much can you limit Connor McDavid's damage? You're not going to stop it. And can you freaking like, because that's the thing, the Oilers, all they have to do is outscore us, which is hard to do against the Calgary Flames. All the, and all, but fuck dude, they just need to get on the power play. Yeah. That's the problem is they, they will kill you on the power play, like kill you. So, so if it's, Dude, if it's going to be a highly fucking penalized series both ways, like we're yeah. in trouble. We're, we're in, in trouble. huge trouble. So they got to cool it. Our power play is fucking not very good. I haven't looked at any numbers. In, I'll do it. We'll maybe do a Oilers preview tomorrow. But um, in terms of how many power play goals they scored on us this year, I feel like it was probably a lot. Um, but I mean, just like, dude, like, okay, you have the, you have the goaltender advantage. Your defense is better even without Tanev. Your team defense is miles better. Your depth is better. You're, phys- you're more physical. But your special teams. But your special teams, the, the power nice. play. Their power play is the best power play in the world. Our power play is not. What did we go fucking that last two, night? Two for 23, play. I think, in the whole series. Fuck, yeah, dude. That's brutal. Awful, it's, not, it's not even like you're generating much either. So we'll see I don't if know some adjustments, but the Oilers have some guys who, who are, they're going to be tough to deal with in the playoffs. Hyman Yamamoto, but well, Kane's going to be easy to handle too. Kane's going to play off. Fuck right off. Hopefully he, Chuck can reel it in when Kane's out there running his mouth. Dude, this is going to get, this is going to, this is, this is going to get nasty. Yeah. This is going to get brutal. But I mean, given the series we just had, I think, the flames are in the flames should beat the Oilers. Like, yes. Now, like they should factors. You got to look at is the attrition thing. Do I don't think doesn't seem like we're that banged up other than Chris Tanev. Maybe Shillington's sorry today. Well, maybe Kachuk too. Like he's got that. Didn't he get cut on the leg or something and maybe has a hand thing. So he's still probably a little banged up, but he's got two more. That was, he looked fucking fine last night. Yeah. He's got two days of rest, so maybe he's something up and up. But I don't know. I don't know how banged up they are. Like that, we just played a way more physical series. That's for sure. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think game one, and the, the beauty thing is you got Daryl Sutter. So typically you're like, okay, game one's going to be pivotal already. 
Now the second round, everything is fucking that much more amplified. But you just come off a grueling fucking series. You get pushed to your absolute mit, uh, limit. You find a way to break through. Naturally, uh, be easy to fucking, you know, not be able to to mentally be that engaged for game one. But then you got Daryl Sutter there. Like even after the game, yeah. these guys are pretty even fucking keel to do after that win. Dude, did you hear him before the game? Daryl? Yeah. What are you saying? They're like, they're like, how's it going today? And he's like, it's a beautiful yeah. day. Beautiful day. Got baby geese outside in the backyard. It's beautiful. Spring, springtime. Game seven, only the most important game in the last 30 years. But I mean, honestly, if the Flames, if the Flames do play like they did against Dallas, they're going to freaking put up 10 goals a game on Mike Smith. Like, and I like, let's give Smith credit. He was, he got a shutout in game seven of their series. Like that's a, that's a good performance, even though I, like LA was not very good. LA doesn't have nearly the talent we have or the depth. So it's not like he's just going to be the easiest guy in the world to score on, but we have the advantage in so many freaking areas that we should be. We are, if this is the best, the flame, the, Flames are situated to beat the Oilers in a playoff series they have ever been, ever. Yeah, it's not like it's football and it's one game could easily go the Oilers' way. It's a seven-game series. But I think if you're the Flames, game one, you have to set the tone physically speaking. And I'm not talking shenanigans, but you need to start grinding and wearing these guys down game one. Like you can't even wait for game two. Because I don't I don't think they they played as physical a series as you just did. And I'm not sure who that benefits. You can you can make it benefit you if you fucking carry that into game one and just keep rolling. Or you can be a little bitch and fucking say, oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> and let fucking Edmonton others skate around you. So that's why it's just like, thank God we have Daryl. He's going to keep these guys in check every fucking step along the way. Well. Dude, the Oilers go seven for 19 on the power play in round one. Flames go like what, two for 23? Fuck, dude. Like, that's going to be the absolute key. And you know, the refs are going to be. Oh, God. You know what it's going to be like, dude. You know, game one is going to be like 18 power plays. And prepare yourself for fucking hell. You think fucking playing the Oilers in the regular season and watching McDavid highlights all game long is bad? Wait till it's a fucking playoff game. Like these guys will not stop jerking off all night long. It's gonna be just all dicks in your face all night long. That's basically yeah. Like, what be, let's watch Connor McDavid pick his butthole on the bench. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau had a hat trick tonight. We're just gonna throw that in there. But uh, Connor McDavid with a really nice, uh, with a really nice. He is actually picking his nose there. Oh, and he's gonna eat it. Uh, we're gonna watch that instead. Okay, flame sweep uh, tomorrow. Twenty four hours of Oilers coverage about how they got swept and how they deserve to win. Anyways, like that's what it's gonna be like for fucking two weeks. Dude, I'm not. Yeah, I'm at not. Least, I'm not least. watching any sports in it. Period. Oh my god! Yeah, maybe they can get an American feed going on here. Yeah? Seriously, like something. Can we get TNT? Can dude? But I don't know. Like the Flames should crush the Oilers. I know everyone, and like, dude, this is coming from the guy who's been scared shitless to play the Oilers. I am so fucking ready to play these guys. And maybe yeah. I'll be singing a different tune when shift one and Noah Hannafin's on the ice. And Connor McDavid flies by him, and I'll be scared out of my mind. I am so fucking ready to beat these losers all right we'll have more for you in terms of uh set the stage for this round as kachuk said it's important to fucking just process the series we just played 
Um, take away everything we can. There's a lot of great things to take away from that series. A lot. Um, there's not a lot of negative things. Again, I think Dallas was a hell of an opponent. And they definitely forced you to they, – they made you win. They forced you to win. And this team historically has found ways to beat themselves, to lose. They didn't fall into that again. And not only that, but they got over the hump. They got over the threshold of playing a game, a team that's fucking really tough to beat when they when they execute that trap defensive playoff style hockey. That was some big boy hockey. Special moment for a coach that has really helped Johnny Goodrow. And I think Daryl just smiled. Took 63 shots to get three passed on Johnny Gaudreau with the overtime winner. What a game. This is awesome. Uh, it's special. It's a great, great fan base here. We love playing in front of them. Uh, it's great to get a win here in game seven. And, uh, you know, a big, uh, a big uh, round coming up for us. It made us earn every single inch. Um, I, I don't have enough, you know, can't stop. <laughs> I can't even talk. We're going to enjoy this tonight and get back to work tomorrow and uh, get ready for a fun series coming up.